test to see if that's too loud. No, it doesn't look too loud. Does it look too loud from here? Nope, do I have to sit up maybe? Around this? I'm gonna have to clip some of the clapping, so we just need to be sure not to do a whole lot of clapping. Okay. Alright, uh, oh, listeners. We're up. My name is Daniel. John! Uh, welcome to our side of the road. The guys who burn podcasts just because <laughs> they looked at them funny. So, um, listeners who are listening to this in their podcast app of choice, um, we recorded an episode and we had it recording on Facebook Live. And uh, something went horribly wrong. I was recording the audio too. And then when I took the audio home to start editing it and, and mashing it together and, and making a soup, um, I noticed that at about 14 and a half minutes in, the audio got really, really bad. Really bad. And so I thought, do you know what? I can't use this recording. We have... <coughs> expectations from our listeners and we have listeners we have podcast subscribers that perhaps didn't see the Facebook video or maybe, there's a lot of people who've seen it though thank you cheers <laughs> or that maybe decide when they're like I don't know if I have time to sit through an hour and a half or however long it was it of was a video on Facebook we understand that you're listening to this while you're doing other stuff so we decided, you know, we're gonna give it a shot to try and redo the episode, but a lot just the audio. Less making out because, come on, guys, we're we've already done the honeymoon. We came back <laughs> because we thought it, we thought it would be a good idea to try to recreate it, and essentially, you are gonna get an experience similar, but probably not. No, I'm just kidding, but. I think, so I was listening to the audio. Yeah. And there was a lot of times where we'd forgotten that we were recording audio. And we were like showing the camera, hey, check this out. Ooh, look at this. And, and we, had we to forgot catch to describe yeah. it. We oh, forgot to describe okay, that's good. Audio so this, this gives us a chance to describe things verbally instead of just showing it to the camera. And now I don't even have to really. So now we I can just look across the room. Now. now we have to describe our wieners instead of just waving them around in front of the camera. Apparently from <laughs> Stormy Daniels, it looks like a small mushroom. <laughs> Okay, so listeners, we started out the episode, we were talking about uh, John's trip to Oregon. How was that, John? Oh, man, it was good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, went down to Florence, that was cool, hadn't spent much time down there. The beach down there looked like the gosh dang um, snowstorm off of Star Wars. I, I, gosh... If you, I should have taken a picture of my son going out there. He looked like, well, oh, not necessarily a Wookiee, uh, not a, what, what's the other one? Ewok? Ewok. Tauntaun? Yeah, even more. Like, he was shrunk down. Like, he pulled his... Like Kenny? Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. But uh, think of it as Star Wars, because he went down the beach. Star Wars Kenny. And he came back and was like, they built shelters down there and they have notes in them. And I'm like, dude, this is way too much. But that was only like the beach. 
the town was you know sunny what? and bright the whole time. I was like, weird. So here's a thought experiment. You put stormtroopers who can't hit anything. Yeah, yeah. can't hit can't anything there. Except at. their head on the door on the way out. And you put Kenny there who's always dying. Yeah. You put them together in a room. Yeah. Oh. Is Kenny going to die? Is Kenny going to get shot? Because the stormtroopers can't hit anything. No. Yeah. But Kenny good. has to die. Man, it would be a long one. <laughs> it would be a torturous one that, like, you're like, oh, it's the inept against the inept. It's like, oh, you can't even kill him right. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. So, um, uh, there was something else I was going to say. I could just hit pause. This isn't live. Anyway, um, listeners, we're glad you could join us. Um, that's going to do it for our episode. To- no, See I'm ya. just kidding. Um, no, this episode... Regardless of your politics, and you, and listeners, you know we don't get into politics or religion in this podcast, but we are... I Except for the almighty Satan, of course, we all got that. <laughs> but we are um, Idaho rednecks, and that means guns. Which is more like a dirty neck. I see Idaho as more like a dirty neck than a redneck. Really? Yeah, like we're more like, I just see high desert... Yeah. You know, like... We're a little bit smarter than the average redneck. We know to protect our neck from getting... Run there you under. go. Like, yeah, we're, we're aware of Skeeters and... Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, we're just like one step above rednecks. Yeah, we're we dirty We protect necks. our necks from getting sunburned. And I also attributed it because I just made a stew uh, and I did a whole bunch of potatoes. And then I was like, well, it's <laughs> kind of potatoes, kind of dirty. <coughs> so we're dirty necks. We're yeah. dirty necks up northwest. <laughs> we we come from the earth. We're not sunburned. We we're not the salt of the earth. We're just the dirt of the earth. Maybe I should see the <laughs> melatonin or the <laughs> melatonin, the uh, um, uh, not mesothelioma. What's the other one? Uh, the skin one. Melanoma. How between melanoma <laughs> between northwest and the other one? <laughs> Okay, so listeners, we're going to trade off, and we're going to talk about the guns that we own, and what we like about them, and maybe some history about them, why we have them, where they came from. So, uh... This is very weird if you didn't see the um, video cast, because <coughs> Daniel only likes guns that he can keister. I, I didn't know that, so just beware. You might want to take your kids out of the room. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, to start out, Johnny... Uh, yeah, you start you out. St- no, you, you start out. Yeah, you start out. Okay, I'm going to start out with what we called the noisy cricket. Yep. So, listeners, you can probably just Google this. Look up North American Arms five-shot revolver. It's a little tiny gun. It's a little twenty-two long rifle five-shot revolver. And it is smaller than my palm. I could put, like, three of these on my palm... I could probably hide oh, yeah. two or three of them in my hand, you know, under if I were to lay my hand flat. I was like, you know? if you had five bundled up, you could pretty much grab it and walk through any... Yeah, yeah. They're, they're small, and the barrel is almost exactly one inch long, so you know it's loud. Oh, God. Um, I accidentally, um, accidentally temporarily deafened my little brother one time because I shot this too close to his head. Hmm. Now, I know that sounds bad. But we were both pointing downrange, and I wasn't pointing at him. 
I was like laterally next to him. I was probably like two feet away from him, but because I was two feet away from his head, it it was super loud and I felt bad. But anyway, so this gun, the the whole entire frame is probably only like three, three and a half inches from the back to the front. Well, the handle is only big enough for like one fat finger or if you've got little girly hands like me, I can get like a finger and a half on this grip. So whenever you pull the trigger, the whole thing pops to point upward. Like the whole <laughs> thing rotates in your hand. But uh, yeah, um, the reason I have this gun, it is such a bad idea for a gun. Because it's so small and so unwieldy. It's such a bad idea for a gun. Normally, I wouldn't have this, except it's an heirloom. So, it, it's got sentimental value to it. So, And you could probably... <coughs> and the, you, you, you know, you could definitely, um, if if you didn't have the holster on it, which it has a pretty cool, actually, little metal holster. Yeah, it's got holster, a little, or little leather holster with a clip. a clip. It's for, like, a boot gun. Yeah. Um don't go any dancing unless it's like the the line dancing from achy breaky heart that's pretty um, low-key line dancing that's pretty low-key dancing you're not going to shake this gun out of the holster if you're just doing the achy breaky heart we're not we're not doing the urban cowboy stuff yeah well you can you can probably put a keychain on this and never know that it's an actual gun (laughs) (laughs) oh that's kind of a big key fob no um listeners uh, the other thing is, on our video podcast, I mentioned that I keep most of my guns loaded at home because an unloaded gun isn't really as useful as a loaded gun. And when you're running to go grab a gun, it's usually one of those times where you're like, oh, I sure wish this thing was loaded because there's a dude in my house, <laughs> you know. But noisy cricket. I realized I don't need to keep all my guns loaded. So now, at home, there are only three loaded guns. Yeah. My concealed carry gun that we'll get to in a little bit, my Mini-14 that we'll get to in a little bit, and my wife's 9mm. Mm-hmm. That seems fair. Anyway, that was my first gun. Um, I have two guns loaded in the house. Well, my first gun to present. And you won't know what they are. No, I'm just kidding. I'm showing you Strangers. I'm showing your ears here, and I've got a little plastic snap cap in it, so I can see there. So anyway, yeah. Okay, Johnny, what's your first gun? Oh, I don't remember which one I showed first, but I'll <coughs> I'll do this one. This is the um, 1955 Patrolman. Uh, this was one that was um, my grandma and grandpa's. I think it would actually might have been my great grandma and grandpa's. That's a six-shot revolver. Yeah. And is that thirty-eight? Yep. Yep. And this was uh, what they used to carry. And my grandma was trying to trade it, and I traded her for a um, a thirty-eight snub nose, two and a half inch barrel. Uh, nickel-plated, rogue, handled, 
pistol. Because she wanted Lady Smith and Wesson. I said, I think I got just one just a little. That's the only sh- uh, shitty thing about this is I don't have a trigger guard. And oh, I hate yeah. carrying pistols without a trigger guard. So this stays in a case that I carry around. Well, I wouldn't want to shoot that anyway. It's more like an antique or classic, you know. Yeah. Like, you might shoot one round through it. Just I do. I, sure. I, I it's kind of like a classic car. You just yeah. take it around the block with your wife or your girlfriend, you know? Yeah. Or throw your kid in the back and goose it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not a commuter. Yeah, it's nice, though. Yeah. It's fun. And uh, it's my wife's favorite because it's light. I don't think she's ever had to fire it. But, <laughs> but she keeps it as a sidearm because uh, dispatching animals is a lot easier with... That than trying to shoot 180 grain 30 out six shells or something <laughs> at close range. I guess it's my turn, Johnny. Yes. Um, this is my other pistol that I own. So this is. Let me move the mic over. So this is a um, Stoger Cougar 40 caliber. Come on. Get out of there. There we go. So Stoger Cougar, 40 caliber. Um, long time ago, Beretta tried to make these 40 caliber firearms, little Cougars. It's kind of like a 92 FS. If you know anything about the military, it'd be kind of like an M9 from the bottom of the slide down. But uh, um, Beretta for a while was making, tried to make these Cougars. They're uh, slightly smaller. It's more for concealed carry. But no one was buying them because it's got the Breda name on it. It's kind of spendy, you know. Breda really likes their stuff. They're one of the oldest companies in the world. They're like, they started in the 1600s, the Berettas. Yeah, so anyway. um, Breda was like, well, crap, we got this cool gun, but our price point's way too high. Hey, we'll send all the machines down to Turkey, rebrand them as Stoger. And it's um, it's less money, but it's the same gun. It's just got a Stoger logo on it instead of Breda logo on it. So I like it because it's nice and solid. It was my first concealed carry after well, a long time ago. I had a, a six shot 357 Smith and Wesson. It was stainless steel, like mm, yeah, four inch barrel, three yeah. inch barrel, something like that. I don't remember. That was my first concealed carry. And then I got this, and I got this for $465, so not too bad. Um, I like it because it's all smooth and round all over. I hate Glocks to death. Glocks look like there was no thought put into the aesthetics. No thought. Like They're like, well, 99% form and function, or 99% function, and then like 1%, well, we'll make sure that all of the sharp edges are... are or, you know, down. brushed yeah, yeah, off yeah, a little yeah, yeah, bit yeah. so that we're not cutting people. And So, um, yeah, this is my first concealed carry, this 40 caliber. They make them in 9, 40, and 45. I got the 40 back when they only made them in 40s. And uh, I think, don't quote me on that. Nowadays, you can get a 45 version of the Cougar with a rail under the barrel. I wish this one had a rail under the barrel. It would be pretty nice. But uh, the magazine goes up to 11. Can put eleven rounds of uh, 
Jack of the Hollow Point That's 40 caliber in there. That's happened too. Because I go, how did, what, why does that one go yep. to 11? So, uh, and he got the reference of... Um, it's super easy to pop apart. Yeah. Look at that. It's all taken apart now. Oh, got to pull the thing out. Oh, and the other thing I like about it is that uh, uh, Beretta, for this Cougar, the barrel, you can't see it, listeners, but the barrel's got this kind of diagonal track on it here, and then it's got this lug on this block uh, underneath the barrel, and what happens when the slide moves back, the barrel rotates. It doesn't rotate much. It probably rotates maybe, uh, I don't know, 45 degrees, maybe 60 degrees, something like that. But uh, the barrel rotating does help a little bit with um, with tilt. Like the recoil on a normal handgun will pop the barrel up just a little bit. And I've shot this uh, compared to other guns and the, the recoil on this isn't quite so bad. Like it doesn't tip the barrel up quite as bad is what I'm trying to say. So... <laughs> Anyway, this is my concealed carry. I usually have it when I'm in Walmart because they're all weirdos there. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's it. Sometimes it doesn't want to go back together because there we go. Click. Click, yo. Click, click. So, anyway, yeah, that's my next gun. So, Johnny, it's your turn. Oh. Alrighty. Here, let me turn the mic back over to you. And it also has uh, this one. <coughs> that was shiny. That's like a six inch barrel. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, I was going to measure it before. But uh, it's got a kick. Where's all of our co workers to make wiener jokes? I know. I just made a perfect opening for a wiener joke. Asking, no, oh, is that a six-inch barrel? And then someone could come along and go, yeah, it's about half as long as my wiener. Yeah, they'll be like, yeah. No, no, that's 12 inches. <laughs> uh, you know you love us listeners. So this is uh, one that was Vern Bistrell's gun. has, like, these cool symbols on it. Um, the sights have been uh, waxed red. Which is kind of cool. Uh, they do like a, I think it's like the wax that you put on uh, envelopes oh, okay. on a seal, and they do the lettering, and then they do the sights. And this is pinned in at 125 yards. I can hit the, I can hit the center with with this thing. 435 grain hollow point. I can put. It's pretty sweet. It's, it's a big sweet. gun. It is. It's the one that makes you like, well, I thought it was pretty cool because I'm like, man, that's the Intimidator. Because the first time we shot this, I always kind of duck down and get field glasses or another gun and watch what people are shooting or how people are shooting. Well, I got too far under my dad and I didn't realize it. When he shot this, the concussion was like having somebody... Have you ever had that bratty cousin that took his middle knuckle and hit, hit you on the top of the head? 
And you're like, ah, you son of a bitch. Well, it was like that, just a concussion. So I took a step back, and he goes, what? And I'm like, oh, man, like, that rocks your world. Also, with the handle... Um, that like, looks like a comfy grip. It, it, it's, it's kind of, like, awkward when you, really? when you feel it. Uh, it's not awkward until you shoot it. And then you go, ooh, I need more grip, because... It's like, uh, like, boo! I mean, it's like so much so it kicks so hard that um, some people were like, "You need to uh, bore barrel or where uh, they put the oh port the barrel port the barrel." There you go. And uh, um, I'm like, I can't, cause I yeah, don't want it. You don't want to put holes in that. That's shiny stainless. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. But oh, it kicks like a mule. And when you See those cops with the fingerless gloves, and you think, oh, they're just trying to be badass. No, it's because they shoot guns like that once in a while, and it hurts. Yeah. We made it through half a box of shells. Wow. Before we both couldn't take it anymore. Because it kicks you, I mean, it kicks, like, not just down your arm, but it, like, you can feel it in your back and everything. I mean, That's it's not, funny. yeah, it's it's decent. It, well, make it sound, no, it's all smooth. I need to, should be <laughs> rotating more than that. But yeah. yeah, I love that one. And that's the one that I want to actually take this hunting and keep it on my side, but it pulls your hip down. Yeah. Like, oh. So it is not, I, I want to carry it. I carry it during hunting season because I want to try to take something with it. This is, I've, I've had opportunities, but I haven't been able to, um, I didn't feel comfortable with the range. Like, yeah, I can hit a target at 125, but I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm big on dispatching them quick, so I, I want it in a little closer. So I've had some opportunities, but I still, that's the one I want to take that's some. That's funny. And I want to get a um, lever action. Oh, yeah. Like a Henry or something that has 44 shells that I can carry that and that. Oh, yeah. So then I can be ready because they're open sights on either side. So oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I forgot to mention that last time. So I got that in. That's cool. Yeah. All right, listeners. It's my turn. Uh, my next gun, it's a plain Jane black. Um, plain Jane Black. I'm pulling this thing out of the giant sock. It's Plain Jane Remington 870 12-gauge shotgun. Um, it shoots uh, two and three-quarters and three-inch three shells. And that's um, what I said. Let me grab mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the, this is the gun that makes um, Audacity, our audio recording software, freak out because... Okay. Yeah. This is <laughs> we going to lynching. So, uh, Daniel is sporting the eight seventy. Uh, I think we determined it was a twenty six inch barrel. I believe so. And then I got the magnum. I have to pull down my pants and check. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't have enough room for that. We got. Yeah. Notice how I complimented him. Most guys don't do that. You have to be very sincere about. It. So this oh, is the that sounds good magnum. Oh yeah, because this has been greased up. This is yeah. this is ready for next season. Yeah, Johnny's got a Magnum, eight seventy, same gun, 
28 inch barrel and but this one is a magnum so it goes to three and a half inch shells which i still have not perfected i can't i i can sky bust something but it's still like i'm like i hit him but i don't know how i did it like <laughs> i aimed as th i <coughs> aimed as good as i could three and a half inch is hard when you grow up doing um um, two and three and uh, mm -hmm. three inch. I, that's all I've shot. I have not shot enough rounds to know what they they felt like. Like I can tell if when I'm shooting, I can tell twenty gauge versus twelve gauge. My wife has a twenty gauge. Oh, twenty gauge is yeah. just fun. Yeah. And and I can tell you know one is a slightly louder boom than the other. Yeah. But uh, as far as the different sizes shells like. Two and a half or whatever, mm. they they all feel the same to me. Uh, it's just on distance. Um, before we go, when's the um, shoot? Oh, that shooting thing. Yeah. that's in November. Yeah, yeah. So before that, let's go out and we'll throw some like we did last time to get our confidence up before we get our butts whooped. You we'll know? throw up some uh, uh, fluorescent light bulbs and some thermometers, mercury thermometers. Oh, that'd be cool. And styrofoam cups. We'll just throw up a bunch of those things. Yeah. And then we'll... And just... wherever they land, they land. Yep. I, I'm sure that stuff is fine. And then when we shoot them, we just go... <gasps> <gasps> like any time the wind shifts. Because mercury's good for yeah. stuff, I'm yeah. sure. No, well, well, it came we'll... from the earth. It can go back to the earth, right? Right. right. <laughs> Probably through me, but... So, the... <laughs> the uh, yeah, let's go out shooting and, and we'll do the uh, pre-practice before we, like... Get annihilated, and then now can we do shotguns at uh, Pickle Butte? Yeah, I think because so. I know you can. I mean, what I mean to say is, yeah, you can shoot whatever you want at downrange at a target, but yeah. can you do clay pigeons? Because you're not shooting straight; right. you're shooting up in the air. Yeah, but we can pick. I think well, because uh, shotguns, we don't have to have. We don't. We can even shoot shotguns in Birds of Prey. You can shoot shotguns and birds of prey. You so, can't do pistols or rifles. So I'm just saying, yeah, I'm saying let's go. Oh, but I want to go to Pickle Butte so I can shoot. Cause, yeah, I don't know. Because my wife wants to shoot her nine also. Yeah. She wants to practice with her nine. Right. So I don't know. maybe if we like frisbee out some. I don't know. Hmm. Well, we'll have to decide that later. So anyway. no, let's let's set up a shoot where we do. <laughs> Um, cause we can pretty much do that anywhere. So we'll drive, um, on our way, we'll find a, a spot where we can do it. I, I have a few spots is what I'm saying. Okay. And then we'll do that on our way and then we can get both in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Make a whole day of it. So there you go. Saturdays. I can remember. Yeah. So I was going to say, Johnny, um, talking about not being able to tell the difference, Years ago, at one point in time, I owned a couple of um, Smith & Wesson M&Ps. Okay. And one of them was 45, and the other was 40. Mm -hmm. And shooting them side by side, dual wielding like mm -hmm. a, a mofo, I could not tell the difference between... Oh, see... I, I could barely yeah. tell the difference. Like, shooting them together, I could yeah. barely tell the difference oh, yeah, between yeah. a 40 and a 45, so... That's why I'm building up my 1911 and 45, is because, you know, it's 
they don't make a 46, right? It, so it's right. a big, manly kind of round, but it's not so bad that, you know what I'm saying? Like, if there was a huge difference between 40 and 45, I might reconsider yeah, I get, I know, and I 45. Totally, yeah, yeah. But since there's not a whole lot of difference between 40 and 45, I have a 40, so yeah. I'm pretty sure a 45 would be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and plus sure. the frame that I got. Oh, listeners, that was the other thing. <coughs> We did not mention in our Facebook video is I'm currently um, piecing together a 1911. I'm building hey, it myself. Talk about that. I gotta run too. Oh yeah, Johnny's gonna go run. So um, I'm building my own 1911. I bought the frame. Now it's one of those 80% frames where a machinist machines out 80% of the frame, and then they send it to you, and they send you little tools and jigs and cutters and stuff so that you can finish the frame yourself. Now, in many states, you're not allowed to, but in the state of Idaho, uh, computer locked up here, just a second. In the state of Idaho, um, you can build your own firearm and you do not need to serialize it or register it or anything as long as it stays in Idaho and it's stamped with made in Idaho. That was the Firearm Freedom Act of like 2017 or 2015, something like that. And the ATF is like, no, you can't do that. The ATF thinks that they've got the final say in the matter. But uh, the federal government only has jurisdiction over interstate affairs. And if the gun is not leaving the state, if the gun is not leaving the state, then the federal government really has no jurisdiction over it. It's it's a state matter. So the state of Idaho is like, yeah, you want to build your own gun? Yeah, sure. As long as it's not full auto, as long as it's not, as long as it can be carried and operated by one man, as long as it's 0.5 caliber or smaller, then you're good. Go for it. <laughs> so I, I just, I, when you said that, I just thought of this 50 cal guy, like with the little guy in front of him holding the barrel of the gun while they're going to the grocery store. What's funny about that? So there are these group of guys that made a gun. <coughs> they call it the JDJ95 or something like that. It shoots a round that is almost one inch in diameter. It's oh 0.95 caliber. Each round is like forty dollars to have it yeah, made, custom like, made. The gun itself weighs well over a hundred pounds. Yeah. So they got a special exemption from the ATF because it is a range queen, because it is completely impractical for anything but setting on a bench at a range, the ATF was like, Okay, you don't need any special permission because otherwise it'd be a destructive device. Because the ATF says anything over 50 caliber, you need special yeah, yeah. dispensation or whatever. But this thing was almost an inch in diameter, but the thing weighs. They calculated out, it has the equivalent recoil of 10 30-06s. Oh. All together. And there's a YouTube video you can pull up. This dude, he's at a range, and he's going to shoot it. And he shoots it, and it's just this ungodly loud boom. Yeah. And everyone's laughing and hooting and hollering. And the guy that shot it, he's like, you guys lied. You said you... Or, no, he goes, you guys lied. That kicked like a mule. That's all he said? <laughs> yeah. 
And everyone's just laughing at him. I, I'm like, I'd just be unconscious <laughs> after the smoke cleared. He just, just destroyed his shoulder. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm you guys sure. Lie. They kicked like a mule. God, that's not <laughs> nice, man. Like gu- shooting guns, man. Oh. So anyway, I'm building up a 1911. I got this frame off of 1911builders.com. This dude, strangely enough, is in California. Um, he, it came with all the original wheels. He he makes these frames and jigs and barrels and parts. He'll sell you if you want the whole kit. He'll sell you the whole kit. Mm. You just got to finish the frame. Mm. So I got this frame. It's stainless. I could have gotten an aluminum anodized aluminum frame from a bunch of different places, but I didn't want it because because I'm going to be dealing with a forty-five. I want the frame to absorb as yeah, much of oh, the recoil yeah. as I can. I'm not concerned about, you know, oh, my arms are tired from shooting so many rounds at this target. I'm not concerned about that. Mm. I want the frame to absorb a bunch of recoil. Yeah. So the frame is solid steel. It's not even stainless. It's regular, like, 4140 steel. Mm. Right now it's sitting in a bag with um, oil rags in with it so that it doesn't rust until I can get it Cerakoted. Oh, yeah, right. And I need to get the a match grade barrel for it, um, and the slide. I've got the only thing I bought for it yet is the frame. Mm. There's what's called a plunger tube. It's on the side of the the frame, right under the slide. There's this little plunger tube with a spring mm-hmm. and two little dealies. I mounted that in there, and I've got the the grip screw things that. They look like little screws with holes through them. You screw them into the frame, and then you screw the grips onto those. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, and this plunger tube for it, normally the plunger tube has two pins, and you just press it into two holes in the frame, and then use this fancy crimping tool that that squishes out and crowns kind of like a rivet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen a lot of people that it was too loose, or it sheared one of them, so there's this other thing I found on Amazon. I found this plunger tube that's got this special tab down below that you put it into. It's got the two pins you put it into the holes, but it's got these two holes that you drill two holes and then you tap the holes into the frame and thread it. So you screw this thing into the frame. Into the frame. It's yeah. solid. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm working on that. That's going to be that's a long-term project. That's something he's got stuck in my head that I want to do. Long, long term yeah. project. If you want to, you don't have to buy the jig for it. Just get the frame. I've got the cutter and the jig and everything. Yeah, yeah. Just mount saying. the frame in there and start cutting the rails for it. Because I want to do, I think it would be <coughs> badass. Cause, um, and I've got dial calipers too. My dad sent me. He just, here, here you go. You're going to need these because I didn't have any. Yeah. Dial calipers are digital and tells you exactly. To oh, like yeah, the yeah. Those are awesome. Thousandths of an inch. inch yeah. Because I I want to get um, those outside. They have the um, oh god, you can do lettering on the outside and stuff. Oh yeah, and so people have done some awesome ones. You were I think you were talking about doing some cool lettering and kids are. I just did. I just took a Dremel, a Dremel with yeah, the yeah. the 
diamond bit, uh-huh. and I just dremeled. Well, okay, I took a pencil and I lined it out so that it was nice and straight and everything, yeah. and then I just used a pencil and drew out on the side of the frame, you're not the boss of me. That's one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a little kid font, you know? Because yeah. I'm kind of, you know, antagonistic like towards the ATF a little bit. And then I just dremeled into the into the frame. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, I dremeled in Made in Idaho. It looks all fancy and everything. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I know it doesn't look professional, but I was talking to my wife about this. When you when you see DIY stuff, yeah. and you do something yourself, yeah. the quality is not as good. The finished product, the finished quality isn't as good as store-bought, isn't as good as, like... Oh, yeah. Some company that's got the special machines to make it, but yeah. the satisfaction that comes with having done it yourself, yourself. Yeah. far outweighs yeah. the slight decrease in finish quality. Yeah, that's you know. And when you said that, I was looking <coughs> at different pistols, um, um, like people modifying different pistols, because I've always thought of it as wood. Sorry, up. <laughs> oh, PBR. You sneaky bitch. So, um, it was always stocks and pistol grips that people would go in and either dremel them or carve them out. Yeah. Well, this is a whole new era that nobody even thought of. Like, oh, now we have hydro cutting and everything else. Yeah, water jet cutting and 3D printing. I've seen a lot of people 3D print out fancy grips. Yeah. But you have an understanding of, like, where you can cut, like, on, like, a pistol without giving too much of, you know, the structure away. So... That's kind of a redneck intuition. Well, yeah. redneck intuition. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to cut into this part, part. right here. Yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> I Yeah, yeah. So, I want to do the same thing, but I thought it would be cool. And I keep thinking of, like... Because, well, there isn't a... Um, I mean, yeah, you can do the, uh, what is that? Um, it's in guitars, too. Hold on. Merle, uh, Mother of Pearl. Oh, yeah. And stuff. Um, I don't want to go as far as that, but I would like to do, like, I think it would be cool to do a coating of some sort. Uh, maybe even a fiberglass coating of some, where you could do a design underneath and then fiberglass over the top, so... You can they, do designs. They do and really awesome stuff with uh, dip coatings and dip coatings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those they are cool. Get some really fancy stuff nowadays. Yeah. My frame, I'm just gonna seracote it like a dark gray or black, something like that. Mm. I'm not. I'm not concerned about the looks. Dude. Because no, no. But how cheap? Okay, so the dip, the <coughs> dip coating. You could pick anything. You can get intestines, hamburger. You can get. I know, like, but. This thing Clouds. is supposed to be what I envision is kind of like a tactical Timmy. I heard that on IIS. Uh, that they have this podcast called Range Minded now. It's sweet. It's a gun related mm-hmm. podcast done by Independence Indoor Shooting here in Boise. Oh yeah, that's what so you're right. they made the comment of tactical Timmy, and I'm like, oh, I love that. I'm gonna start using it. So I envision this tactical 1911. Mm-hmm. With a light and laser mounted underneath the barrel. Oh, right. Just, the thing is supposed to be just for tactical self-defense. That's all. Right, okay? right, right. And I understand that it seems a little big. It's a full-size frame. It's not the 
the Commander Compact. It's the full size. 1911, yeah. it's not one of those things that you would think, oh, I could totally conceal carry that, but I'm going to conceal carry that. Well, of course, because it a looks badass. big bad 1911. Ass. Big, black 1911. Ba- and I would... Okay, so going back to... And do you know fiction, what? <laughs> what uh, that's where I was like... Where I would carve in it... I don't know when he... Okay, so there's a scene. You haven't seen it. So there's a scene where he gets... Jules gets held up. So he's uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Gets uh-huh. held up in a diner. Uh-huh. And he says, get my wallet out. And he goes, how well I know it's yours? And it says, it says bad motherfucker on it. Yeah. Which was actually Quentin Tarantino's wallet yeah. in real life. And they thought it was funny, so they took it and put it in that scene. Um, so I think it would be funny to get like... Because, okay, guys, I, I meddle around with art stuff all the time. Yeah. I'll, uh, drawing, um, etching, I've finished cars, I've airbrushed, I've done all kinds of stuff. But nobody really kind of knows it because I don't do it all the time. I don't yeah. have time for it. But um, Dabble. And my family, we're all great at it. Yeah. And everybody screams at us for being stupid, but <laughs> maybe somewhere we'll find our... We've redone... Anyways, so we've done a lot of art. I thought it would be cool to have a pistol with either like oh like one of those um, hydro coats or something to do kind of a pulp fiction scene that you've drawn out and then on the have, side it says say what again yeah oh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> on one side and then bad motherfucker on the other or something you know where it's like oh that's that's cool <coughs> or like in the days now where. Well, and and what um uh, and Daniel hit something with me the other day. Um, I I have another gun that we'll talk about, and it's my ultimate gun. It's the gun that feeds me. It's a gun that does everything for me, and I feel like it's my third arm. Like I can do anything with it. Well, I would do something with that gun, like like mm-hmm. that, just to be you know, because yeah. at right now I can. It was actually a joke kind of at the gun range because I didn't want to shoot it because hmm. it's so in. I don't like to jinx it before yeah. hunting season. It's just something in my head. I don't clean my gun after people are going to ridicule me, but oh, God damn. I had Hawaiian food also, so we got all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. So, um, you don't clean your gun after well, I don't it clean in. my gun after I sight it in. Well, I had fallen or no 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 no. i had shot an elk we packed the elk out my wife was carrying the guns and said hey i fell hard you're gonna want to check your gun (laughs) and i said okay um we got because you hear it all the time and it's never out so i'm like whatever so i throw everything in well next season i go up to go shoot a deer and it looks at me like and it's the biggest deer I've ever would have shot in my life and he looked at me like not even close like <laughs> and I was like what like, try it buddy and I'm taking a deer down from somebody I had shown how to hunt and I'm like what is going on so I jacked another shell in and I tried to hit him on the way down and I could see where it hit and I was like whoa like <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore so 
finally my wife goes, I told you, numb nuts, like, <laughs> and I go, oh God, that's what you were trying to tell me. So I went back to the range and um, it took two boxes of shells, but I finally got it in. And, uh, um, turns out you well, were using the wrong caliber. No, the no, whole time. no, what <laughs> sucks is I was dumb kidding. and I didn't look at the uh, mounts and oh, yeah. it hit on the mount screw Ooh. head. So once I got that back down and locked in, then I was okay. So the first box of shells were, and then the second box was just fine tuning it. Well, I have a similar problem with that guy. With those mounts. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't know it. It's so yeah. weird at first. Yeah. You're like, why, why am I not am even I close not? to the paper? I'm like 10 feet away. I'm, not, I'm adjusting. <laughs> why is it adjusting and not adjusting? And then uh, finally I get that done. And then it's like precision in. I got my dad's the same way. He mm -hmm. went out. He shot it a couple times and just went. And I was like, okay. Don't touch it. You'll break yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I held mine off because I did that last year. And I had... An elk and deer, one shot, one kill on each. Like, nothing more. I didn't have to do anything else. They just dropped. So right. I was like, ooh, that's the way I like it. Just keep it that way. So I didn't shoot, didn't shoot, didn't shoot. Then finally my cousin Matt is like, I'll watch for you. And I'm like, um... Then that thing in your head goes, well, you drove over here. It was in your car. You could just, you know, and ah! So I... Boom, boom. And I shot two real quick and I put it down. And he goes, are those the ones almost inside each other, upper right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, you're good. <laughs> I go, good, good, good. Just put the gun away. <laughs> like, it was cool. Yeah. That's funny. And then, uh, it should be a good year. Uh, only one person's went out so far and they missed. But that happens. We kind of got on a little sidetrack. Listeners, oh yeah, yeah. This. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's what that's what this is for. Um, listeners, I had one other thing I wanted to mention as far as um, personal touches. I've also recently started thinking. Past couple of months, I've started thinking. I kind of want a bullpup semi-auto thirty out six. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking. And about I've told a couple of people about this, and. Um, the more I think about it, the more I want it. Thing is, you look online and there was only ever two companies that made one. One of them, it was designed by this um, Coast Guard guy, and the other one, there's like no information on it. And it never went anywhere. In fact, the one that the Coast Guard guy made, um, they tested it at like... Uh, Fort Benning or Fort Bragg or one of those army posts mm. and the army was like hey this is pretty sweet anyway on to the next thing and they completely forgot all about it there's nothing else written about it right. but the guy designed it with dual trigger like there's one trigger that pivots one way or the other you pull the upper half of the trigger it's semi-auto you pull the bottom oh, half yeah, of the trigger yeah. it's full auto and he designed everything all enclosed so there's like no snagging of anything so anyway um, that got me thinking, I really want, now I know they make, like Keltec makes a RFB, it's uh, a 7.62, Bullpup 7.62, and they call it RFB, it's um, rifle, front, something, I don't remember, but anyway, the brass just falls out the front, oh, it yeah, doesn't yeah, kick out one side or the other, so it's right. truly ambidextrous, Right. 
the brass just kind of falls out the front of it. Isn't that crazy? <coughs> That's so weird. But I know that some people, like, there's semi-auto 243 bullpups, and there's bullpup 762s. And the 762 is similar to a 30 6 They're both a .308 bullet. Uh-huh. Okay? But the 30 6 is just so big. Uh-huh. I was like, I want... It was like when I had this idea, giving birth to this idea in my brain, uh-huh. I was like, I want something that is just overkill, just way over the top, you know? So super short, Which once again, tactical cool. Timmy here, super short, bullpup, semi-auto, but I want it to just destroy stuff. The 30-06, you can't, I mean, you can't financially, like, it's the biggest round without getting into the expensive rounds, you know? 30-06 is pretty cheap for being such a powerful round. <coughs> now, well, which one is it? 300 above a 30-06? I don't know. But I do know that a 30-06 bullet is 0. .308 inches in diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know how yeah. I know that? I've been modeling out parts for this gun idea in my head in uh-huh. Autodesk Inventor. Autodesk Inventor is like a 3D modeling CAD program. Oh, dude. I I'm modeling out these parts... And I'm going to export them to STL file format. Okay. Can you invite me to, over? And then send them to a 3D printer. I'm going to print out the plastic versions to make sure that the function check or yeah. the function works, you know? Yeah. And then I'm going to send these files to machinists online and they'll mail me back the parts. Well, since I'm designing myself, it's not going to have a breach or receiver. Okay. It's going to have like these other kind of components that the ATF can't say, oh, well, that's a receiver, so you, that needs to be serialized. Uh, or that is what the ATF classifies as a firearm. Actually, it's going to be composed of so, these different components that can't be classified. Like, if you were to take the receiver of a firearm, of a rifle, mm-hmm. chop it in half lengthwise, and then half... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh-huh. chop it up into pieces, each individual piece is not a receiver. Each individual piece isn't a breech or a bolt, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I've already designed out. I've got like four or five different parts, not including the barrel, and it's going to be gas operated and it's not going to kick out the brass straight out the side. It's going to kick out the brass like along through the body and it'll just kind of fall out oh, uh, right. underneath the barrel. Right. So anyway, there was that one time I stayed up till 1 o'clock in the morning just laying in bed thinking about this thing of how the different parts are going to go together. So I'm getting super nerdy about this. Like really Yeah, nerdy. I do that too. <coughs> Except that it has like, you know, nice boobs and then a butt and then all of a sudden stuff starts jiggling around and then it's 11.30. And, and I've stuff. thought of a nickname Yeah. for this bullpup semi-auto 30-06. It's going to be called... Little excessive, oh, because good. the gun's a little, a little excessive. excessive. That's good. I'm the first guy in. I'm in. I'm your biggest fan. So. And if it actually works, I'm gonna take it to the range when I get it all put together. If it actually works, I might just. We are going to the range. I'm just gonna put all the the CAD files for it out on the internet, and people can just download it themselves, and machinists can make it for themselves, and everyone can just have their own. 
we'll uh, take all this out there and we'll do a practice yeah. round. I'm not worried about making money on this. This is my own. This is for me. Yeah. And if other people, just like my running app. Oh yeah. You know, you know what? This more or today, I was working on my running app for most of the day, because I realized when I go to share or reshare a previous run in my running app, the total miles and the pace mm -hmm. are zero. They're missing. Oh. And I was like, do you know what? I want to get that fixed. Just to get that pace in there, uh -huh. I've got to store the time it took to do your run. Well, in previous, in the way the running app is now, I'm not storing, when, when I store in the database all the GPS data mm -hmm. and everything, how long it took you to run that run isn't stored. Oh. Uh. And so I've been spending most of the day just making that one little change to be able to store the thing because there's so many things that are affected by it. Hmm. <coughs> so anyway, um, next gun, Johnny. Pause it. Oh, we're going to pause it, folks. I got to stir a stew. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> it's real stew. Yeah. So anyway, I got on a big sidetrack. I was just saying that I made oh, cool. this running app for me. Yeah, yeah. But if other people want to use it, I'm just going to give it to them. There's no ads. It's all free. And I'm <laughs> later on this year, I'm going to put it on the Google Play Store. It costs 25 bucks to register to put an app on oh, yeah. the Google Play Store. I was wondering why you hadn't anyways. Because I don't have... Like if I had if I had 25 bucks right now that I just didn't know what to do with... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'd do it, but... Yeah, no, later on this year. Next month-ish. Cool. Yeah, next month-ish. Oh. I'll uh, upload it to the Google Play Store, and people can just download it for free, as is. It's a crappy little running app that works great for me. So, all right, Johnny, your next awesome. gun. Um, I did the other shotgun. I'm going to do something different. Then what was... No, this put your shirt bonus. back on. This is a bonus. Ooh. So this is a uh, 22 that was going to get thrown out. As you know, or <coughs> as you can see, it looks like it's been used. The stock's been cut, right? Yeah. That stock looks like it's been beat up. This is my great grandpa's 22 Ooh. that they used to keep in a chicken coop to shoot foxes. But he was kind for of the chickens to shoot the foxes. Yeah, yeah, because they could hold this because it was lighter wood. No, they uh, and he had to cut the stock down because he's kind of a smaller guy. I guess tough as shit, but he uh, just uh, they kept it out in the shed, and I was like, I will take it. Like it's dirty as I've cleaned it a couple times. It's still it's like woof. Little ten shot. It's got a little magazine in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've taken it out. I've shot it and stuff. Oh, how cute. It's a sweet little banana clip. Yeah. We don't call them clips, listeners. You call a, a, an ammunition magazine a clip, and you'll just get laughed off the range. Yeah. It's a magazine. <laughs> but it's a nice little gun. It does not do... It's not extremely accurate 
I, I, I have to still clean it more because, I mean, it literally has, it was like 40 years of sitting in a chicken coop. It's amazing. It's as cool as it, or as good as it looks. Is that a... Little peep sight, yeah. Yeah, a little tiny peep sight. It's hard to see through. Yeah. You don't see... Well, we are indoors, so... Yeah. <laughs> you don't see very many guns like so, that. Uh, yeah, no, this is the score master yeah model 511-p remington arms oh okay remington score master yeah most of them uh wing master oh let's see i got another 22 that's uh scoped that was my step great grandpa uh yeah. Listeners, unfortunately, my wife did not want to come over here or else we would have brought her guns too. And then she could tell you about her 9 and her 222s and her 20 gauge. There you go. See, these were, uh, these are awesome little, if you ever pick these up, these are Remington. I think they call these like, yeah, Fieldmaster. Oh, okay. They're Fieldmasters and they are the most accurate guns. And they hold 15, and it's a in bar or a, yeah, in barrel load. Oh, okay, a little tube yeah. there. Yeah. And you can fit 15 in there. And yeah. in as fast as you can pump it, as fast as you can shoot it. Yeah. That's what I liked about them. And those little scopes, which I think is like a 9 by something. Good enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was my great... Grandpa's 22. Wow. And it is... I haven't had it out forever because the 22 prices and they, and they disappeared. I have shells now. It says it'll shoot 22 short, long, or long rifle. Yep. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, most of those... That's why I was always like... If anybody was like, oh, I want a 1022, I was like, screw that. Get one of those little... Because they, they, they still sell these. If you go down to... Uh, <coughs> they are all kind of antiques because people don't really know what they are. Mm -hmm. uh, but you go down, I found two at like, well, whatever shooting world is now. Yeah. Impact Arms or whatever. I found two down there. They always pop up. And it's just called a Fieldmaster. They're older. They never jam. I've never had a jam. Ever. We had a Henry's, a 1965 Henry's 22 lever action. Was it Henry's? Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure it's Henry's. Yeah, I was going to say. Gold. Gold-ish. Yeah. Yeah, and brass looking. So, yeah. If you didn't do the lever action fast, it would stovepipe the brass every oh, time. shit. And it was a nice old lever action 22. The tube would hold 18 rounds, but you had to do that lever action fast. Just right. the way the, the internal, the guts were. And my wife, it was supposed to be for her, uh -huh. and she's got, her hands are more of little girl hands than my hands are, and she didn't like that lever action. So that's when we, mm. uh... I, too, too rough on the up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the usual So we kind of did this, kind of, I hate to say it was a three-way trade. It was a trade involving three people. <laughs> So, it wasn't a three-way. Everything's always better with a three-way, baby. <laughs> so, um, it was me and a couple of co-workers. One co-worker got this lever action 22, and then another co-worker got his 100 bucks, 
And then I got the other co-worker's Mossberg 1022. Oh. Uh, which was pretty cool, except that he never cleaned it once. Well, he might have cleaned it once, that's but it was pretty filthy. And I had to disassemble the whole thing, clean it all before yeah. we would take it shooting. But the thing is... Um, this Mossberg 1022, this Mossberg Plinkster, um, you can't get aftermarket fancy garbage for it. Whereas Ruger 1022, you can get anything, anything. for it. Yeah. So we still have that Mossberg Plinkster. I think. But then I got her the Ruger 1022 also. And then yeah. with the Ruger 1022, you get what's called an Allengator Trimag. Instead yeah, oh, of getting yeah. instead of getting the long phallic looking magazines like, for it, yeah. you just turn it into three ten round magazines, just pop it out, click in the next one. So yeah, those are super it doesn't have that big wiener hanging down, you know. <coughs> and who needs that? No, I did not feel threatened by this this uh I did, I don't want no wiener magazine. by me. <laughs> okay, Johnny, it's my turn. Cool. Um, next up, we have. <coughs> this it is, is the one I want. black and stainless. It is a Ruger M77 Mark II, black and stainless, chambered in 280, which is kind of rare. It's hard to find rounds for them. 280 Remington, at one point in time, was called a 7mm Express, but it's not a 7mm Express anymore. It's just called a 280 Remington. Um, I bought this beautiful gun, by the way. It's seven hundred dollar gun and three hundred dollar scope. Back before I knew that I shouldn't have gotten a two eighty. So this is the style, the look of the thirty out six I wanted. It's a uh, shiny bolt action. This is another gun that I used to keep loaded. But then I realized this isn't a gun that I would quick grab if I needed to an emergency. No, you gotta so shoot I don't somebody need to off the water loaded. tower. Yeah. yeah, so I don't need to keep it loaded. Mm. But uh, this thing, Beautiful gun. I often clean it for no reason at all, just to make sure that it stays shiny. Um, I bought it to hunt with. I've never, ever taken a hunting. I loaned it to my sister-in-law because she was going hunting and she didn't have one. And she shot a deer with it. With that one? With this. Dude. She I, took out a deer with this and then brought it back to me and she I was like, it was pretty sweet. Thanks. I have a gun in the living room. <coughs> because I borrowed Matt's gun because his son wasn't <laughs> shooting. I didn't even think about that. The gun I want to... Borrow it. Next time you go hunting okay. and I can't go with, take it. Dude, are you going... Seriously? Because I'm starting here. I so would love to go hunting you with you. Go with it's me? just a matter of finding the time. And Let's, I mean, I'm hunting weekends, so that's all I'm doing. Don't I need to get some sort of... Uh, listeners, I don't have my hunting license. I think I mentioned that before on a previous episode. I don't have my hunting license. Do I need to get some sort of like learner's permit to go no, with you? No, you're not hunting. You're not doing anything. You're not carrying a gun. You're not doing... Well, you could carry a gun for self-protection or whatever. Yeah. But you're not doing any of that. You're observing. We're not wasting this on you. Because... <laughs> no, no, no. Because I learned. I took a... Okay, so we have this thing in Idaho called the Passport Program. Okay, the Passport Program is basically... I could take anybody. I'm considered a mentor because I've hunted more than a certain amount of years in the state of Idaho. But I also have my concealed weapons. I also have a whole bunch of... Anyways, so I'm considered a mentor. So 
somebody can pay, I don't know how much the tag is, it's not very much, five bucks maybe, and you can hunt for anything all season long. Like, you have to still pay for um, deer tags, mm-hmm. which is like 12 bucks, mm-hmm. an elk tag's like 35 bucks, but with, if you get the meat, that's, half a cow is going for 1500 dollars you're getting a whole elk or a whole deer i mean it's well worth the price so anyways i digress (laughs) um so the passport program you only get one time and that whole year you can do you can salmon fish steelhead you can do everything with a tag that costs five dollars essentially um, I mean, like I said, you still have to buy the tags, but you're getting away with like not have to pay a lot of the fees and everything. Then you determine which ones you like. Like you could say, oh, I like pheasant hunting. I like duck hunting. It's all up to you. You can do whatever you want to in that year. Um, then if you like it, then you go through like um, Hunter's Ed and everything, which you okay. can do online. So with you mentoring me, I'm not allowed to shoot anything. No, if I mentor you, and you get the pass, you okay. can shoot. You can okay, hunt as long everything. as you're there mentoring. Me. Exactly, okay. I have to okay. be there, and my ass is on the line. So, <laughs> so don't if, screw it up, Daniel. Well, yeah, yeah. If somebody shoots, <laughs> come uh, on, Daniel. And I've done it. I no, I because honestly, like last, um, what was it, a couple seasons ago? I helped uh, one of my friends get his son's doe. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm used to. A hide on a deer is, unless you're going to keep it, mm-hmm. it's the protectant between the meat and you while you're trying to get it out. So I kicked this deer down the hill. Well, I forget. I put the tag on the ear. So this thing's flipping and flopping 100, 300 yards down this hill as I kick it down. Well, if you don't have a tag, you don't have a deer. And if you destroy that tag and they can't see where it's marked, you're really screwed. So I looked at it and I'm like, oh, dude, I destroyed that. Like, it's totally my fault. I didn't think about it before I kicked it down. And I even told Fish and Game because we had to get it checked and we went through. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, you lucked out because it was only spot that you could see left on that tag was where we had notched it. <laughs> Everything else was destroyed. But um, I don't know where I was going with that. But. You can mentor me. I yeah, it's it's one of those things that as I'm taking you out, like I take all that stuff into consideration because the first thing I said was, I might have screwed up. Like <laughs> that's not your fault. Uh, actually, it's nobody's fault because in all actuality, um, if let's say you shoot something and <coughs> um, did I ever show you this cool trick? The clicker. So, um, you could depress, uh, I was always told not to dry fire guns unless you have something in. Yeah. Well, I, and was, I have a snap cap, 280 snap cap for that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you hold the trigger down and then pull it over, it suppresses a pin so you don't have to... Ooh. Isn't that so cool? So it's like a, a dropping the hammer yep. without firing it. Yep. I was noticing people were firing, dry firing their guns, and I was like, wait a minute, you don't have to. You, yep, full, now hold it down, now just put it in. See, okay, listeners, 
like what we mentioned on a previous, ooh, nice. Like what we mentioned on a previous episode, or on the, the video portion, um, I, <coughs> sorry, we don't have a cough button. I'll uh, fix that. And, and <laughs> she'll make one. I swear to Christ, so, she'll make one. <laughs> no, I'll just decrease the volume. <coughs> oh, okay. So, uh, see, I have a, a unusual relationship when it comes to guns. Like, for me, it's not about making a big hole in something. Mm. I mean, you know, that has its, the, its draw also, but... For me, I'm fascinated with the way the parts go together and the way it functions. I love to see, you know, how all these parts work together to do this thing. And I love to see, you know, oh, well, they designed it like this, but they could have designed, made a slight modification. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's less about, oh, I'm going to go shoot something. And it's not so much um, that... Uh, you know, oh, it's my right, I'm, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, your government can't take my guns away. You know, it's <laughs> not like that. For me, I love it because it's a machine and all these parts are working together, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. But, and also, I, I want to put holes in things, so. Well, yeah. I put holes in things. There's this episode, the the IAS, the Range Minded Podcast episode, they're interviewing an Australian. And here talking about how, you know, oh, the yeah. differences between shooting in Australia versus shooting in America. I was wondering about that. Because, <coughs> like, so many people say, like, my parents were supposed to actually move to Australia because uh, they were looking for uh, some job transfers or something. So we were actually supposed to move there at one point. But then that whole big gun ban came on. And, yeah, in like 94, I think it was, 94, 98, something like that, yeah. that Australia just went, do you know what, no guns. No guns. Well, mass shooting. That it mass was, shooting. yeah, it was no guns for a little while, and then they eased up on some guns. So, yeah. this guy was talking about how in America, we have a right to bear arms, but because Australia falls under the British government... It's not yeah. a right. It's a privilege yeah, that can yeah, be taken yeah. away. It can. It's a privilege that can be denied. Yeah. In Australia, a lot of people misunderstand. You can't own semi-auto handguns. Yeah. Period. Well, who would want to? But you can own shotguns, rifles, yeah, yeah, yeah. and revolvers under certain circumstances. Well, step one is you have to apply for a permit or a license for shooting kangaroos, you have to apply for a certain kind of license. And that license depends on, not only depends on whether it's a rifle or shotgun or revolver, it also depends on the caliber and sometimes the manufacturer. Well, the thing is, that license, it's not a shall issue kind of thing. It's a may issue. It's you have to convince them that you have a need. Because otherwise they're like, no, you don't need it. So you, oh, so you can't so, be like, I'm the casual hunter, I like to go hunting. Now, if you're a sports shooter, uh-huh. then your reason for shooting, the reason for getting a license is, well, because I'm a sports shooter, I want to get into the sport, I want to go target shooting. And they're like, well, all right. And you, oh, fill, oh, out, okay. you, know, you fill out all the paperwork if you've ever had depression and been on medication. It's kind of like a 4473, but a little bit bigger. And anyways, talking about all that, 
So they're talking about how... Yes, but I'm only depressed when they take my guns away. <laughs> so they're talking about how in Australia it's not a right, it's a privilege. Right. And so in America, there's so many Americans that don't understand how fortunate we are. Johnny just kind of wandered off. Hi, Bruno. Yeah, we're recording a podcast, doggy. Yeah. He's like, I can record a podcast too. Okay, out, out, out. He's like, no, I don't want to go out. Goodbye. <laughs> so anyway, there's so many Americans that don't realize how fortunate they are that have this right. They have this right, you know, that people in other countries don't have. They only have privileges that can be taken oh. away or denied, you know. Oh, yeah. So sure. anyway, for me, it's less about the politics or... You know, the destructive, punching a big hole in things. No, it's, for me, part of it is self-defense. Part of it is, you know, political. But also part of it is, the most part of it is the way the parts work together in this beautiful yeah. machine. This piece of metal and wood or metal and plastic or whatever. And that's also why I wanted to make my Bullpup 30-06 the little excessive is because I want to design these parts that function together yeah. and and eject the brass this way and load the round that way, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm in. <coughs> I, I really wanted... Every time I want to do, like, a project, I'm always getting kicked back because of cars, and I finally told Karen, I said, <laughs> we need to just get... Because we're just getting nickel to dime to death, so now yeah. I'm going to start... The only problem is I wanted to make it... So that it accepts standardized magazines. Oh, that's right. But there aren't a whole lot of standardized 30-06 magazines. Oh, because gosh. standardized oh, magazines are an MMP thing, and none of those guys go for 30-06. They go for 556. Yeah. So were you impressed by that? You know, what's that? I'm going to say that again, guys, because uh, I don't think a lot of people know that you can press the trigger... Open bolt on a rifle. Open bolt, suppress the trigger, close the bolt, and it... It lowered the hammer without having to dry fire. That was amazing. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Because everybody dry fires. You just showed me that like a little bit ago. Yeah. And I was like a kid in a candy store. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, now, guys, <clears throat> I am not giving you a reason to do this. But if you're going to be a dumbass and you're going to leave <laughs> shells in your gun, suppress all your shells down before you do. <laughs> okay? I'm just saying, open it, put your finger in the barrel so you know that you don't have anything. Suppress all your rounds down. If you close it, you don't have to dry fire into the ground like I know a lot of you guys do. Which... The bullet will go off. If you have it clear open and you suppress the trigger and close it, even if there is some mysterious phantom shell in there, it will not go off. So yeah. it's make like, sure you push your rounds down before you push the Please bullet <laughs> don't think I said anything. No nothing in the barrel, nothing uh nothing in this uh, no, no. Uh, it has to be in the, what would it be in, uh, section, the clip? No. 
That's called the the magazine well. Magazine well. There you go. Thank yeah. you. I was like, there's a word for it, and it's been so long since I've been through. Or all this. breach. I've also seen breach, but I call it a magazine well. Yeah, well, because even though it doesn't too. have a detachable magazine, it has a magazine and not an open breach. But yeah, yeah that's why they they make the, the distinction between magazine and detachable magazine. That's right. Because for example, if I were to go go online and order. This metal box right in here, yeah. which I have wanted to make an extended version for it, by the way. Uh -huh. um, this metal box right in here, you pull out this screw, pull out that screw, this yeah, metal that, box comes out. Uh -huh. That's called the magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a fixed magazine. It's not a detachable magazine. Right. Cool. So, anyways, what I'm saying is <coughs> not only... Now, this is what I've heard. It. I don't know... Some guys, gun guys will probably give me shit for it. I don't know. But I heard that that's why you have dummy bullets. That's why they always yeah, stress dummy bullets. Caps yep. Or the plastic ones. Because your pin is not supposed to extend past a certain point. If you don't have anything in your gun, it's like dry firing a bow. It'll, it'll snap the string, but it'll also overextend your pin. Well, and that's where you have misfires. Yeah. So. Now, some manufacturers design their weapon to be able to be dry fired. Like the M4s. Oh, yeah, yeah, M4s, yeah, 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 yeah. it's a part of the function check. You have to do the function check in order yeah. to make sure that it's functioning properly. Yeah. Part of the function check is dry firing. Right. And so they designed the M4 or the M16 to be able to be dry fired. That's interesting. But don't assume that every weapon was designed to be able to be dry fired. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, That's a bad yeah. assumption to make. Yeah, because... Because I busted gun parts before. I had, a long time ago, uh, uh, Wilkinson Arms 10-shot... Drinking problem. 1022. Little Wilkinson Arms Sherry. Just Google it. Wilkinson Arms Sherry. Wilkinson Arms used to be out here in Parma. Well... Oh, yeah. Weird. I had the hammer down. I had... Now, it's a hammerless, okay? The hammer's inside. There's no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I had I had dropped the hammer on it somehow, and it was loaded. Nothing in the chamber. The hammer was down. It was pretty safe. As safe as the yeah. magazine being in it can be. Yeah. And I had a buddy visiting, and, you know, stupid me teenager and stupid him teenager. He wanted to check it out, and I'm like, hey, that's fine, just... Don't wrap Don't. the slide. Yeah, oh, Because yeah, yeah. that yeah. will pull the hammer back. Yeah. And I told him, Don't rack the slide. What does he do? He gets it. First thing he does, he racks the slide. Well, because I had dropped the hammer in a way that it wasn't designed to be, because I'm a stupid teenager at the time, it snapped the mainspring pin. Oh. So there's the mainspring that pushes the hammer, right? Well, there's okay. a pin that goes through the center of that mainspring. It snapped it clean in half. And we had to take it to a machinist here in Meridian to machine a brand new pin for it. Now, recreate <coughs> the situation where you told him not to do it, and then he did it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I just told you don't do that. It's like he just left out a huge part of it. Like... He's like, oh, sorry, I didn't think you'd do anything. And I start to take it apart, and I find this broken piece. And I'm like, I told you, don't rack the slide. And you immediately rack the slide. 
and now this part's broken. And he's he, like, sorry, I, uh, sorry, oh, I didn't mean dude. to. And everybody has that guy. <laughs> that one friend. Oh my god. Well, I know he's not listening, so whatever. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, I love that, though. I Because I, you can see his eyebrow twitch when he said it, like, there's a story behind here, but I don't really <laughs> want to get into it. And then the minute I said it, oh my god! Yes. So, Johnny, I got one more gun here. Okay. This one more gun is my tactical Timmy gun. Um, it is... Okay, listeners, just Google it, okay? Um, it's a Ruger... I got, like, two Rugers? Yeah. Because hmm. that's a Remington. So I got two Rugers. This is a Ruger Mini 14. Now, I bought it as the ranch rifle configuration. Blued steel with a wood stock. Mm-hmm. But nobody remembers Woodstock. So uh, I so I removed the wooden stock and I bought a folding pistol grip stock. Guys, we're you available just... for bar mitzvahs and stuff. <laughs> so you can just Google Mini 14 folding stock. And you just start scrolling through. And there's a couple of different variations. You'll eventually see the variation that I have here. It looks like a very, very extremely fun gun to shoot. Now, later on, it was all black. Later on, I was like, I don't know. It doesn't look fancy being all black. I know. Since I always take this along when I go hiking and camping, because this is my anti-bear gun, anti-mountain lion gun, I'm like, camo. I need camo. Not because I want this gun to be hiding from me. Not because I want to lose it in the weeds and never find it again. Only because camo is cool. Right? Well, and it looks really cool. It's very So mesmerizing. I bought some camo tape. It's like kind of like duct tape, but it's not smooth like duct tape. It's just camo tape. And I taped it all around so that all of the ends of the tape are like tucked into where the stock meets up with the rest of the gun so that there's no loose ends of tape. Okay? And then yesterday... I realized, wait a minute, since I put the tape on this thing, I haven't shot it. I wonder what the heat buildup from the barrel is oh, going to do to the tape. Start peeling the tape off. It's going to start loosening the glue. Yeah, but... But, but, <coughs> but it looks good right now. But so. dude, dude, so, I will put in uh, into the fun <laughs> to get it hydro-dipped because... Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, because it is such a fun-looking gun. Like, so, it is so much fun. The Mini 14 does not come with a rail. The Ranch Rifle, I'll take that back. The Ranch Rifle doesn't come with a rail, but it does have scope mounts at the top. Hmm. You can get a rail adapter that bolts onto the scope mounts, but it makes the rear sight useless. Okay? So, I got this rail attached to the scope mounts, but because the rear sight is useless... The front sight is useless also, so I just sawed off, just hacksawed off the end of the barrel so that I could thread it. So and I've you got this it. and I bought the I bought the the die or the tap for it and I threaded it. Now the thing is, the standard threads for a 223 barrel are smaller than the standard size ranch rifle barrel. So I also had to take a file to it and f 
file around the barrel, file it down, file it down, until it was small enough that I could get the die onto it. Mm. Or the tap. Yeah, the die onto it. And then I threaded, you know, as much as I felt necessary. This whole thing is pretty ghetto. It's pretty redneck. So. Bullshit. This is awesome. That's the thread protector get, on the end. Get a, That's not a silencer, suppressor, whatever, flash hider, or a solvent catcher. Have you heard that one? Yeah. No, it's just a thread protector. It's just a knurled thread protector. So anyway, so cool. I might, I've had these thoughts of a kind of suppressor that I want to make that doesn't, you know, stick way out to here. It sticks out to about here, you know, about four or five inches out, but then it also drops underneath and it funnels the gases up underneath. Oh, okay. You know, and then vents them out upward here so that you still have, it's kind of like um, a ported barrel or uh, what's that word called? It's a, uh, it's a kind of, it's not a suppressor, it's a compensator. Oh, yeah, so yeah, 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 this yeah. would act kind of like a suppressor and kind of like a compensator because the gases would come around here and vent and then pop upwards to prevent you know it walking up. But I haven't done anything. I haven't made anything. I haven't designed anything. It's just a thought of, I wonder, you know. Yeah. But I'm redneck enough I could do it. And then on the top of this um, rail here, um, I've got attached just a little CP Tactical um, red dot. And it's got a red dot and a green dot, and it takes a little CR2032 in there. <coughs> but uh, I noticed this rail is right over the bolt. And Ruger, they designed this thing to function well, but they didn't put a whole lot of in thought into how to take it apart. Hmm. How to strip it. So oh, right, right. This is where, yeah. The... the the bolt, when you want to take the bolt out, it's got to turn a little bit and go diagonal a little bit. And then you put this little thing, the, the firing pin has this little part that hangs down that you got to put it through this special little notch. It's really stupid. Well, this rail that I mounted onto here is right in the way so that I could not get the bolt out. So that I took a Dremel and an angle grinder and I made it so that I could get the bolt out. But it was tricky because you can see part of the rail that the red the optics wants to bolt onto. Part of it, little part of it, right there is missing. Mm. But uh, it shouldn't shouldn't be too bad. But uh, I have not taken this out shooting since I put the tape on it. I sighted in the red dot, and it took forever because the mounts loosened and I didn't know. And I was way off. And I, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I was like, I started out at 100 yards. So goddamn. Never hit the paper. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I moved into 50 yards. Never hit the paper. And I'm like, okay, well, come on. I moved it up to like 20 feet. Finally was down in the corner of the paper. I'm like, why is it way down there? And I'm looking at it, and the 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 mm -hmm. sight here was jiggling, and it was rattling, and I'm like, oh, uh, tighten it up, sighted in, perfect. Yeah, it's like a dream. Same thing, yeah. So yeah, um, it comes with a little five round magazine, and I have a ten and a twenty. Cool. I don't have the thirty because it hangs down a little bit too far. It didn't look good. I got the twenty, but uh, yeah, this is my. Going hiking or camping, I usually have this hanging on my back. 
it's a really short strap. So in the military, the, the shoulder straps that go with the M4s, they're long enough that it can still be around your body and you can pull up and mm -hmm. draw up on something. But this one is not that long. I don't know why they sell a shoulder strap this short. I have it loosened out completely and it's still not, it's still too tight for me to fire yeah. with it. Yeah, so cool. I usually just, yeah. So anyway, this is my fun gun. Yeah. Mm. That's why we're <laughs> going to go out shooting. But uh, I'm going to try that trigger thing, see if it works on this. Because I've dry fired this. Should. Nope. nope. Oh, there we go. Okay, so because it's semi-auto, it's oh, not bolt yeah, action. I was like, there's there's two the... catches on there. So the hammer, the hammer's got the the two notches on the back. One of the notches pulling the trigger releases, and the other one starts to catch. So when it comes back, the other one catches it to prevent full auto action. Yeah. If I wanted to make this full auto, it would be too easy. Oh yeah, just file down one little. Edge, yeah. <laughs> but and they make a select fire version of this called the AC556 that they sell to military and police. But everyone just goes with M4s nowadays oh. because the AR platform is so common. Oh. Anyway, yeah, I own a Mini 14 because I hate the star chamber on the AR platform. That was the whole reason, whole entire reason why I have a Mini 14 instead what of what sucks instead of an AR is because I hate the star chamber in an AR. Yeah. This, it doesn't have a star chamber. It's got two lugs, and that's it. Like, you can pull the bolt open, and there's right there. There's the the barrel right there. There's nothing hiding. There's no nooks and crannies to try oh, yeah, and get yeah. to. I hated that so bad. So. This is what sucks, though. Daniel gets a gun, and then everyone wants Daniel's gun. So <laughs> I'm just going to be, like, building one of those. Yeah, Mini 14. You can get lots of stuff for it. Can't quite get as many things for the Mini 14 that you can get for an AR, but it's good enough for me. I think so. it's phenomenal. I think it looks awesome. And I think I can do a lot of stuff with it, especially deer hunting. And this is my this is my coyote gun that I've never there shot a coyote go. with. My mountain lion gun that I've never shot a mountain lion with. <laughs> it's my varmint gun. Two-legged and four-legged varmints. There you go. So, well, listeners, this has been fun. I just love handling these guns because, like I said, you know they're what? just it's so complex funny. machines. Just I got oh, I so, love it. Just goes together, silky. Smooth. I got so dazed off that I was just talking. You forgot that we I were was in just a talking to, to Daniel about guns. I, uh, I love I love holding and the heavy the M and P's that I had. They were mostly plastic. The frame. Oh yeah. And that was the other reason I sold those too. I, I haven't sold this one because it, you feel that. That's got weight oh, yeah. to it. That oh, feels sure. good. And I love it. I think this is awesome. I And it's got the ambidextrous hammer, or yeah, <laughs> hammer release and safety. And what's good is Daniel is the guy that when he, he uh, starts talking about something, you really listen because he does not mess around. One of the things that I always liked about my grandpa was, um, he did the same thing, whether it was a car or whatever. He had to, he had to find the best of, <laughs> he's making out with it. <laughs> he had to, he had to find the best 
and the most like even my Monte Carlo the one that I got from my grandpa it's badass because he just couldn't have a Monte Carlo he had to have the best of the Monte Carlo type <laughs> thing and that's kind of how Daniel is he he knows so much that he can get the best of the best uh, uh, well I would say you do good for not you're the uh, guy on a budget equivalent. Yeah, when you have a budget, you got to That's what look I'm at other things. You got to be picky about things. Yeah, we're not that So bad. we got to wrap it up, listeners. Okay. I got work in the morning. Me too. But I am so glad we got to do this. And um, now that I'm hitting my, um, I don't know what you call it, like um, all summer's done. We did a vacation. Kind of wind down. Yeah. Guys, Settle sorry in. we didn't Settle record for, for so long. It seemed oh, that like was the other thing. We had kind of a weird thing. I had a funeral that was put off for two years that we had to go to, um, which was great. Don't get me wrong. It was just um, people didn't know where to spread the ashes. And finally we had it, and then it turned into vacation, and... Everything was kind of last minute, so every time we get to record, I'm like, oh, I'm in Oregon, I'm in here, I'm, and now it's finally, oh, and my wife started a new job, which was, I'm a full-time housewife, and <laughs> um, what do I do for a living? Um, I'm a barnacle, no, <laughs> I'm a, um, I am a sender of... Emails. Oh, emails <laughs> and artifacts across different planes. And then we'll leave it at that. Uh, so I have my stuff and we're trying to juggle yeah, everything. Yeah, we could never get our But we to would match. just sit there at work because we work together uh, in different groups, but we are, we're always We see there. each other every once in a while. And we get to laughing and I keep saying it's just gold. We're just puking gold out of our mouth because we're like... Making everybody laugh and everything. And we just want to get back with you guys. And I think this is a time. Fall, autumn. I have some hunting stuff coming up. But it's more of... Uh, I think everybody's kind of a it's, little bit more low-key. I keep mentioning. I keep talking about how we spent so long without getting an episode out. That we might as well do what other podcasts do and call it season two. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, go. I don't know. We got in, you know, a good 30 four I think episodes right so I don't know to call this episode 35 or season two episode one you Dude, know I say we call it because the way the files are named right when I when I export when I create the wave file and upload <laughs> it to so yeah online the yeah. way the file is named it doesn't really leave room to call you know to call out season so I think I'm just gonna call it episode 35 but in the podcast description and the episode description, I, I suppose I can call it season two, episode one. Which would know. be good. Or ep- season two, episode 35. I'll just do that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. There you go. There you season go. Season two, episode 35. So. Which is awesome. <laughs> and, and really, it was, uh, as always, it's great sitting down with Daniel. We don't... It's, it's funny, if you've seen us in real life, we're not really much for uh like i don't know how you say it we're kind of uh 
reclusive, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, I, I'm not social. Yeah, I mean, we kind of, we are to a certain extent, but it's and it's really funny when we get together because it's one of those oh, rare moments. Oh, open up, turn into different people. Yeah, because... At uh, work, they do all sorts of social functions now. <laughs> yeah, and we I run. I never go. I'm I just never not go. interested. I would rather <laughs> stand in my workstation and do my work yeah, yeah. than and, go to these social functions. And I asked Daniel, I go, are you going? He goes, no. And then I just go over, and I'm like, I'm not going either. Because <laughs> he's the only one that I want to hang out. Okay, so... Enough mushy. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. I like hanging out with him. He he branches me open. I'm sure hopefully it works the opposite way. And it's just fun to talk. And um, uh, You don't have very many um, cool things in this world. Especially nowadays it seems like everything on the news is negative and everything. And it's cool. Just go out. Start doing stuff. Um, run. Uh, start yeah, an art project. To be a running podcast. We don't even talk about running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, running. I, uh, I well, was no. running with some guts. Oh, do you know what? Oh, that, ooh, ooh, ooh. real quick. I got, I got story. too. So a couple of years back, they spotlighted a mountain lion less than a mile from my house. On that, yeah, yeah, road, yeah, less yeah. than a mile from my house. I remember that. Thirty minutes after I had finished a run on that road. Yep. The next morning in the news, I'm reading, I'm like, holy crap, they saw a mountain lion. They chased off a mountain lion where I was running about 35, yeah. 30 minutes after I was running there. Yeah. So for a month after that, yeah, I had my 357 oh, yeah, on yeah, my yeah. back I remember that. Yeah. while I was running, and I could hear all six rounds yeah. rattling in the cylinder there, and I was like... Yeah, that's right. Don't yeah, yeah. even try anything, you stupid cat. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know. you the Kanagan. <laughs> but now I don't run with a gun. I have knuckle gloves. You know, the, the gloves, the riding gloves with the hard plastic knuckles? Yeah. And if something's at- attacking me, either my dog can chase it off, or I can just punch it with knuckle gloves, and that would hurt a little bit more than being punched with a regular fist. I... I have read it's my theory. So yeah. the everything is theoretical till it actually happens yeah. and then you're like, well, that was dumb. What no, was I thinking? I don't think you know, <laughs> honestly, I think you have a good idea, but it's not domesticated animals are the ones you have to worry about. I've ran into badgers, they always give you way more like you can hear them growl or they'll just go down their hole. You know what now that you say that? Like, I've I saw a badger and it saw me and it took off cartoonishly fast. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I run by the neighbor dogs and they They're take off shitty. cartoonishly fast towards me. Yeah. I, oh, oh, it's domesticated. It's I have so turned stupid. off. I have went into like there's two coyotes off Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Um, they would follow you. Well, what happened was they're just looking for scraps. Well, no, they're wanting to get your number. I guess... Um, hey! Hey, hot stuff! <laughs> <coughs> yeah, oh, how you doing? You come around here often? You don't have a tail like me, but you look kind of cute. <laughs> Your legs look nice. Stop it, coyote! Why are you always looking at my ass when I'm running through? I didn't say ass. You said ass. You said you got nice legs. Yeah! What are you doing? Are you flirting with me? Well, I don't know, coyote. Maybe you're feeling, making me feel more comfortable. No. We get distracted so yeah. easy. So, I go run through. Well, come to find out they were taking out cats uh-huh. out there. So, um, oh, the coyotes they, were looking yeah. for cats. So, okay. they were uh, associating humans with cats. 
So th- yeah, they're like, oh, Nothing? cool. So yeah. Okay. And that's like after. Next time then. Yeah, and you could <laughs> see like they were everywhere, and they had something about Kuna, like something about it. I haven't seen them lately, but oh, I and they I turned into neighbor cats. I mean, take things out there. I hate neighbor cats so bad. Too. You know why? I didn't know I could take neighbor cats out there. Okay, guys, let's get real. I am a. I have saved more animals than. I've even saved those stupid furry things that you refer to as. <laughs> I'm. I don't cow. like cats either. Yeah. So, I'm highly allergic and I don't want to. Uh, they're arrogant little SOBs. I yes. don't like cats. And they're the devil. So, anyways. I made houses for him. I spent a winter making little insulated houses for the ones that I did my part. Okay? Uh-huh. I still don't like them. Yeah. And that's it. I don't I don't like neighbor cats. So, I don't like neighbor cats. If a neighbor cat knows to stay out of my yard, great, whatever. Okay, guys. But once that neighbor cat steps onto someone else's property, okay. it is exceeding its bounds. It so, is violating... Yeah. There you go. My backyard smells like cat piss, and I have little squatty things of cat droppings, and I don't have a cat. Yeah. Okay. Well, my dog, Bruno, can lay some logs, let me tell you. <laughs> He's a big end dog. If I let my dog just run through the neighborhood and shit in your flower bed, you would be pissed. Yeah. With a capital P. Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen because you have a cat. Well, let oh, me tell well, you something. I can't keep it in the house. He needs to roam free. Let me tell you something. Yeah, no. I am very comfortable <coughs> with cats. Um, I will take them in a cage, and I will take them to the Humane Society. Now, the problem is, Humane Society is a non-kill shelter for dogs. It is not for cats. So, if I take your cat in... Someone else is killing it. And he goes, (laughs) Whee, whee, I'm angry at you. They just inject it through the cage and that's it. So, I'm just saying, I don't let my Bruno shit in your flower red. Don't throw rocks at me while I'm mowing the yard. It's we went from guns idiom. to or, uh, running to dogs and cats. Folks, it's Dude, getting late. Dude, we're just so fun. It's getting late. This oh, yeah, yeah. a little long. See, go. let me... Let Thanks me, for joining us on our side of the road. There's one other thing. My wife isn't here tonight. See, so she has to work till midnight. So, hence, I don't care. <laughs> I am trying to keep Daniel here as long... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're done. Thank you guys, and it's been fun, and I I don't know why I love the audio. Maybe because I don't have to keep fixing my hair or (laughs) smell my armpits. But I'm John. I'm Daniel. If you have any questions or comments or selfies or anything, send us. You can email sideoftheroadpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sideoftheroadidaho. And you can also wave to us as we're driving by. Uh, So long. Bye.